0: I love him, yes. I love. week, who I know we're, is all about as we come into Easter a little bit, but Brother Darren appreciated the, the testimony. It's just, it's so vital that we do indeed testify of what the Lord is doing, because it just puts it right in the face of the devil, showing that the Lord is still alive, a man alive for us in our day, in our lives, and in each and every one of us, and so that's very, such a vital thing to do. I appreciate that, Brother Darren. Amen. Well, this is definitely very strange as we stand here. Uh, I didn't ever think, um, after a couple of years of speaking that I'd speak to an empty congregation. And that's something very, uh, very abnormal here. So I'm going to try and keep my attention looking straight at the camera. And if I look this way, I'll look at that camera and, uh, we'll try and, uh, not be too distracted. But you, you pull from, from that side. I, I, have been sitting on that end for a little while now and I know what, uh, I know what that end is like. And so I, I know you're in your homes and you have your little families gathered around you and you're sitting in your chairs or wherever you are in front of a screen. And, uh, let's just, just kind of, we'll join together in spirit. We'll worship in spirit and in truth tonight. Maybe not in body, but in spirit. And we'll just rejoice a little bit about, around the word of the Lord. Uh, we're gonna turn to our scriptures and we're gonna turn to Hebrews 10 this evening. Thank you. Would have been, Mom. And uh, I I pondered whether I was going to read a whole lot of Hebrews 10 or whether I just uh, read read one of the the first verse there. But um, maybe I'll just read a little bit and we'll we'll skip a few verses then go down. So I'll start at verse 1 with me if you have that now. Hebrews 10 verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, And not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. So here in Hebrews, Paul is talking about the Old Testament and the sacrifice that could not make the uh, comer there unto perfect. It was a shadow of things to come. Amen. So for then would they not have ceased to be offered He questions because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is remembrance again made of the sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away the sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared for me and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice, and offering, and burnt offerings, and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come, to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. And by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. Well, I'm going to focus tonight. You can sit down if you stood and if you didn't, well, <laughs> stay where you're at. But uh, we're going to stay, we're going to, I just want to focus on this scripture on the first one for the law having a shadow of things to come. And I, I was talking a little bit ago. This, this thought has been on my, my mind for several weeks and I've just been thinking about the potential, how the potential has become reality, or the shadow has become reality. I'm interchanging that a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But I was talking to one of my my children a little while ago, and we were talking about the Old Testament, and and uh, we t- I said, you know, do you know what types and shadows mean? And oh uh, no, I know no, I don't know what that means. And so uh, you know, I I just thought, you know, what these are things that we need to teach our children, uh-huh. and just understand that the Old Testament was not it's not just a book of stories. It's not just a book of maybe lessons and certain things that we can take out of the out of the Bible and good examples for us to follow. But it was a whole lot more than that. God was laying a whole lot more into the Old Testament as he was working, obviously, in, in a much greater plan. And so the scripture says it was shadows of things to come. And so the shadow is it's uh, it's like a potential. It's something that's there. And if you I can see my shadow in the pulpit and if we had a light. Uh, here we can we can have my shadow against the the wall as as we know the example and that is a a potential of of what could come if I move my hand closer to the wall my hand would become actual reality as it comes into 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 image into picture and so the shadow is is there's something there uh, it it hasn't been made manifest yet but it's culminating into something and so it's developing into something to be made to made manifest. And so was the Old Testament. A lot of a lot of the, uh, the events and the certain things, they were all shadows of things to come. God was building or, or culminating into something through the through the years, through the Old Testament, working towards something. Right. And, and they didn't know it at the time abraham didn't know what what he was fulfilling and moses didn't know what they were doing maybe at that moment they were walking in the light that they had and, and doing the will of the, of the lord and, and and such but little did they know they were part of a much greater plan and a lot a lot more was going on than just that so just hold that in, in your in your uh, in your thoughts so so potential i want to just maybe define the potential a little bit here so uh, potential can, can mean latent qualities or abilities, latent being existing but not yet developed or manifest or they're hidden or concealed qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead to future uh, usefulness or success. Uh, potential can also mean existing impossibility or capable of development into actuality. And so as we said, that shadow of a hand—it has potential because it, it to come into actuality as that hand comes closer. There's some potential of it coming uh, into development. Okay, so that's a little bit on on the potential there. Okay, so we'll go even deeper into a physics lesson. I know all you all you kids that are at school, you're getting half days or no days right now. So you're getting a mini mini science lesson here as well, and I do mean heavy on the mini. So. Potential can also be in, in physics what's called potential energy, and that is, uh, it can get very complicated, and you can talk to Mr. Dingle or Mr. Wood uh, if you need any more uh, details on this. And where I go awry, they can fix it for me. But potential energy equals, actually, it's uh, yeah, mass times gravity times height is going to get your potential energy, all right? So you got. I'll try and break this simple for you so we don't labor on this any longer than we need to, but mass measured in, in kilograms, gravity is acceleration due to uh, acceleration due to gravity. And then there's the height. And so basically what happens is the heavier an object times the, gra- the gravity um, component and the higher the object, the greater the potential energy. Okay. So if we bring that all down, if I took a ping pong ball to the top of the empire state building, of course, uh, that would have a certain amount of potential. I could hold it up there over the edge and I could it, it, it's, if there's potential energy in that ping pong as it's waiting to be dropped, it's sitting there, it could, it's it's not becoming that energy yet. Or I could take a bowling ball and hold it there. And that has a lot more potential energy because it's much heavier than the ping pong ball. And when it would crash to the ground, it would do a whole lot more impact than what the ping pong ball would do. And so that's potential energy as it builds, it, you know, um when it released. And so that's, that's energy, potential energy and potential summed up in two different, uh, two little areas there. But, uh, so we're going to move on, hold all of that into your, into your thoughts while we move ahead. And I feel like I'm flying here. Uh, (laughs) so, so help me out. All right. So as we're looking in the old Testament, I was thinking about all of the types and the shadows and the prophecies that were building uh, in, in potential, as God was now trying to to bring up to pass a certain thing, and we know that in the beginning man fell, adam fell eve eve fell, and they they uh, doubted god 's word and listened to the serpent and we and we know that that man was was lost, and a chasm was created and in the beginning of time there, and so then we see all the different Just as we go through and I'll just for even the littler ones as we as you you might have listened to these stories. But, you know, Adam and Eve, but there Adam, when he took the blame with Eve and he walked out knowingly a type of Christ taking blame for his bride so he could redeem her. He knowingly took that blame so he could redeem her back. Adam being a type of Christ. David, a rejected king banished from from his kingdom and absalom taken over and he's standing over his over jerusalem he's looking at it and a type of christ as he would be standing there on the mount saying how oft oh jerusalem how oft i would have brooded over you and that's that david was being a type of christ and david a type of christ in so many different different areas moses as he stood in the gap for israel as they were uh, sinning against God, and Moses stood there as God wanted to repent it of even of even uh, having Israel, and, and Moses stood there in the gap for them, a type of Christ standing in the gap for you and myself. Manna come from heaven in the time of Israel, it pointed to Christ who is our bread of life. The manna contaminated; it didn't hold, it didn't last, but it pointed to something. It pointed to Christ who is the bread of life for us that is everlasting, and we could partake of that. Of, of him and, and never be hungry again. The brass serpent was judgment. Stood up and raised up before Israel in the time of of of, of the plague, and it was Christ taking our judgment. Right. Abraham and Isaac, the sacrifice. There, Isaac was a, a type of Jesus on the cross and being sat and being a sacrifice for our sins. Joshua, our savior, taking us into the promised land. I'm only halfway through. Uh-huh. Over and over, right. there's a type. There's a shadow. It was pointing to something, right. and as these different. Different ones were, were fulfilling their uh, part to play. To put, God was building up to something. Something was being built and going towards. Something that he had in his mind. And each one of these, I don't have them in chronological, but they were, they were progressing what God's plan was a little bit more, a little bit more. Right? There we go. Then we had the temple and everything about the temple. and The Sabbath day, Christ our rest. Sabbath, they, Israel and the Jews still now take Shabbat. But it's it Christ who is our Sabbath, who is our rest. And we go in the, the Passover or the wave sheath. Noah, the ark of safety, into Christ, yeah. our ark of safety. Mm-hmm. And so we see that these are just a, a a small sample or a very small amount. But God, all through the Old Testament, was moving and brooding over, over his plan and bringing to, to uh Uh, to fruition something great. And we might skip over some of these things and we look at these stories and we just read through the old Testament and we see what God has done. But God spent hundreds of years to bring this to pass. Hundreds of years, lives were spent. He actually destroyed the world. He destroyed in Noah and destroyed the world with a flood that all was pointing to a characteristic of Christ. He was our ark of safety, and, and there are certain certain God did so his plan could come to pass, and that not one type was out of order. Moses struck the rock twice right, right. and broke every type and paid the consequence for that because God was so concerned that every life, everything that he did in the Old Testament was pointing right to him and what he was wanting to achieve, the plan that he was trying to bring in to pass. And I can imagine God looking down at the different as time was passing and saying, yeah, that's me. That's a type of me. I, I am the show. I am the manna. I'm that rejected king. And he's seeing it come to play. And that's 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 a type of me. That's right. That's right there. And it's growing. That potential of what God was doing was growing, not just then in people's lives, but then there were prophecies and all through the different prophets, Micah. But thou, Bethlehem of Frada, thou, thou wilt be little among the thousands of Judah. And prophecies now then went forth as well. Rejoice greatly, Zechariah, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. was a prophecy, with potential behind it. Because the spoken word of God has to come to pass. So there's an amazing amount of potential behind it that is now growing. Out through the Old Testament times. Psalms, David, thy They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? These are prophecies that went forth of Christ coming. The Lord thy God will raise up to thee a prophet out of Deuteronomy from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, pointing again to Jesus. For the dogs have compassed me and the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They they pierce my hands and my feet. He keepeth my bones. Not one of them is broken Therefore the Lord hath given himself, given to you a sign. And here we, here we are. I can imagine as we are coming forth in some of these, the potential of what was happening, of what God was trying to do. You could have almost felt as Isaiah was just speaking out. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Here, here God was bringing and building up his plan. Before man, over hundreds of years. And I can imagine at that point, then it went for a season. And in three eternities, I can imagine the blast. If you can think of that bowling ball that would have dropped from the Empire State Building of... Potential energy that has now just been released. All of this that's been building up to the Old Testament. Released. Yes. And through the attorneys I can imagine just a, an amazing a crash of, of, of energy. That blasts from heaven as all the Old Testament types and shadows and prophecies come racing to become reality. Amen. And it strikes the earth. Right. And a little baby is born. Mm. Here it was in fulfillment mm. in a little baby. And here, a baby now is the fulfillment of what God's great plan of redemption. And here now, that potential starts to build again, because that baby was not only was none other than Jehovah, right. baby Jehovah, as Brother Brandon would say, and he begins to grow. It begins to grow, and the Messiah now is on earth, and we don't know a lot of what happens between the manger and a few instances in Scripture, and then it's it's silent. And then he steps forth out of the desert to be a sacrifice washed before John the Baptist and now gain his potential is starting to build again. And thou art my beloved son in him. I am well pleased. And he starts to preach. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And there was delivered unto me in the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place wherein it was written the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it to, again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them were upon him in the synagogue and were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, this day, Hallelujah. this scripture yeah. is fulfilled. Amen. This potential now started to grow again. What's happening? Yeah. What's happening? It's, it's culminating now. He starts to call a disciple. He starts to call a Peter and an Andrew and a Matthew. Right. Oh, tax collectors, right. fishermen. Yeah. He begins to do miracles and turn water to wine. His potential again starts to grow. He calms the raging seas. He feeds the 5,000. What's what's happening here? God's plan. What he's desiring now is, again, building of this potential. Healings now that we read about blind Bartimaeus or Legion or Mary Magdalene. Lazarus as he spoke Lazarus and brought him out from a tomb. Think what's happening. Incredible things were happening as this potential was building. What is going on? He starts speaking words of life. He starts saying, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. I and my father are one. Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll send another comforter. These are things he starts saying. And these are building potential. What's happening? What is, what's, God try, what's God doing and building up for? Because I live, ye shall live also. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he are dead, yet shall he live. And God, in these three and a half or so years... He's, build, he's building something. They could feel it. He's the Messiah. And for most of the people, they are missing it. Most people were missing the very Messiah that was on the scene. Brother Branham said, Jesus spoke the same thing when he was on Earth. He would send it again. What, it, what will it? What will find it? It'll find the same thing that it found when it first come. They got. Uh, they want their substitutes. They want their denomination, their creeds. They want to live just the way. They want to and. They want, well, I'm so-and-so, I belong to so-and-so, don't make a difference. He goes, how much, uh, what God is doing, how much he manifests himself, how we can raise the dead, how we can tell the secrets of the hearts, he could do everything that the Bible said he would do, that just don't make a bit of difference. If it ain't connected to my organization, he says, it's nothing. He says, the same thing that the Hebrew bride did, that's right, see, they listened to their substitute, and God promised them the real and he had built this all up through the Old Testament, and they'd been reading them. They'd read their Torah. They knew the scriptures. They knew the prophecies. They'd seen it. He built, and here he is now before them. And God promised them the real, and the real come. And they didn't want it. He said it was too humble. He said they gotten they got so set. They'd gotten so set in the ways of the shadow, that they were, missed the reality when it arrived. And here then, this potential is built. What God has been doing. And I can imagine all through this time period, what an incredible time that would have been to live when Jesus was on, on the scene. All of the things that were happening amongst the disciples and all the conversations they had and all the moments. And here then it culminates at a moment. And then as Brother Brown speaks the message, there they crucified him. And after that, it would have seemed like all that potential would have just vanished. The Messiah, we thought he was coming to save us. We thought he was coming to, to deliver us from, from our bondage. The Romans, our Messiah, wasn't he to free us? And he, he died. And that moment of time, man, when Christ died, it was incredible questions. And they were hunkered down and they were scared and they were hit, hiding themselves but now imagine an eternity, an eternity, the potential that was released at that point. Because from the moment he spoke, it is finished. Never had more energy. If you can think of it in that realm, been released as redemption's plan was accomplished right there. Glory. Amen. I've, I've just been enjoying this. How the potential has become reality. God in his mind thinking and tr- pouring out and building up through hundreds of years now had become reality in front of man and accessible God's redemption plan, accessible to man. Incre- just such bless me. Amen. And that's where then it began. And then early Sunday morning, just as he said, imagine he said to them in Luke 9, he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. He told them this. He told them this, but they have not remembered early Sunday morning. Greatest moment in history because he proved what he said. Yes, sir. This is vital because brother Graham says so many religions have a lot of things they can say, but nobody has an empty tomb right. and they can say our God is alive forevermore. Amen. I'll get it. I have a quote for that. And it was on your screen pre-service. And I've seen it in the in the passage study. So you know it's coming. But Abraham says, but in the days of all the days and all the things that Jesus did, certainly appreciating all his vindication of God's word and what he did to fulfill it, of healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, preaching the gospel to the poor, fulfilling every word that God had said he would do when he came. And then also suffering for our sins in our stead to be all the propitiation for sin at the cross. Where no one else could have done it but him. But above all, yeah. I think Easter sealed the whole thing. Glory! Because there had been prophets on the earth who had prophesied before him. They had been prophets on the earth who had healed the sick. They'd even raised the dead. Yeah. Done the same signs. Right. But Easter proved it. Yeah. Because he said, I will Glory. raise myself up. He said, and be raised on the third day. And he's the only one who's been able to prove that. Find me someone else that said... Kill me. They'll take my life, but I'll raise it up again. No one. It sealed the word of God forever for the true believer. But Abraham says all gloom and doubt was shattered at that blessing more blessed morning man had been shut up as it was in prison house, even to religious people before this day, because they had uh, they had been seen great religious moves and moving of the Holy Spirit and so forth. But when a man died, it just seemed to settle it. But when this one came, I have power to lay my life down. I have power to take it up again and then go prove what he said to me. That's the seal of it. When something is said and then it's turned around and proven glory. What a time that was resurrection. Amen. I am he that liveth. Revelation said that was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. That amen is not me. That was in the scripture. Jesus was saying, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Glory. Amen. So here we had all of this culmination, all these shadows, all these types had been built up to this moment of time of resurrection. What a moment that was. Why was God doing all this? What was he doing it all for? He desired fellowship. He desired a bride. You, me, were in his mind long before the foundation of the world. And so God has worked through all of this and made all these things happen. Like I said, hundreds of years through the Old Testament, lives and such, because he desired a bride. Because Satan's tactics created a chasm between you and uh, between him and uh, ourselves, between God and man. And Christ desired. He said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm taking you back. And bring you to me. And so God did this all for you and for me. Because he desired that fellowship. King of kings and Lord of lords desired fellowship with an earthly human vessel like you and myself. The dust of this earth. But he so desired it that he's moved the world and all the events of it and kingdoms and everything to culminate to this. Because he desired fellowship with you. What a God. I can imagine the events then that transpired in those days just before the, the ascension between when Christ was resurrected and when he ascended. And he had seen, the disciples had seen him. And that period of time, my, I can only imagine the, the excitement. And all that would have been going around the, the disciples and who'd seen and where, where did you see him last? Well, he, where did he appear? And and what they were talking about, they went from gloom and all of that and everything's been lost and everything we thought was what it was going to be. It, they thought it had failed and was shattered. And now I can't even express, I'm sure, what they were feeling at that moment. And here, don't forget that they were fellowshipping with resurrected saints because, of course, those that had seen and believed in the potential Job, what did he say? He said, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet I'll see God. He knew something was coming. Abraham purchased land because he was going to be buried where God was going to be resurrected. He's seen it. Jacob's seen it. said, don't leave me in Egypt. I want to be there when it happens. Joseph, take my bones out of Egypt because I know God's going to raise. God had a plan and he wanted to be there. Amen. So they are resurrected at that time. But our man says, the quickening power came into the grave of Job. Grave of Job, where there wasn't even a spoonful of dust of his bones left. That's power. That's quickening power. Amen? Not a spoonful of dust of his bones. And all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, his bones had decayed and went back. But yet when that quickening power, according to the Word of God, to the promise, hundreds and hundreds, yes, thousands of years, when that quickening power was brought forth from the grave, Job, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them come out of the grave with him. Glory! Glory! The Bible said so. He said why? They had that potential. They had the quickening power that raised him up from the dead and went with him in the resurrection. Enjoyed the resurrection with him because they're full of the quickening power. He said that's the genuine Easter seal. Glory. 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 But then. Christ then ascended. The book of Acts then started in. They went to the upper room, and they were quickened by a power from God. The full reality, it wasn't just potential anymore, but God himself, he says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Romans 8, 11... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Right. He said, I will send you a comforter. Yeah. Amen. So he, he did that in at at, at Acts at the day of Pentecost. Amen. And he sent his spirit now into a people and they were quickened yes. with the spirit of God. Amen. Mark 16, he said unto them, go ye into the world. You read this on your screen and preach the gospel to every creature. This is what Christ was commanding. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory. Glory. That was on your screen. It's Brother Branham said. And now, what is this Pentecostal blessing? It's the confirmation of the resurrection. Glory. Glory. Amen. Brother Darren, you speaking to your, your wife and calling on the name of the Lord. That's the confirmation of the resurrection. The Pentecostal blessing is alive. Christ is alive today. That's the confirmation. You shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Amen. You shall cast out demons. Amen. That's, that's our promise. That's what God gave us, proving that he's alive today. Amen? No wonder the gospel itself means good news. But Abraham says, good news of what? He has raised from the dead. And because I live, ye live also. Ye which were once dead in sin and trespasses, God has quickened us together by the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. And now we're sitting in heavenly places. Glory. You just hold on to that. That's the confirmation of the resurrection. When you hear a testimony, that's why it's important brother Darren, to testify. Because when we testify, it's confirming that God is alive in you and me. Yes, Amen. God. When someone is healed, when yep. God touches somebody, when yep. someone is delivered, when yep. God intervenes on a situation, it's proving to you the resurrection is alive today. Glory. Yes, it is. So here, a quicken church started to go forth. And his potential now started to rise. Once again, Philip, so quickened, translated went to baptize the eunuch and translated into another location. They were living they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter Said, this is that that the prophet Joel had prophesied. Their language was quickened. Their lives were quickened. Everything about them was quickened. They were going forth. They were preaching the gospel. They were doing exactly what Mark 16, what Jesus had said to them. Why? Because they'd received the Holy Ghost, the abstract of the purchase of Calvary. And they were going forth now living Christ. They were now the Holy Spirit filled, filling them, living Christ now to the world. Glory? Amen. Now, the second Eve. the Abraham says, watch her. She was created anew, like he was at the day of Pentecost and filled with the spirit and fed by the word. He says, now I'm getting religious. I feel good. He says, yeah. he said, w- uh, um, how many can say amen? He said, she was to be the Christ bride. She was born to Pentecost, not at Nicaea, not a run, a London or England born in Pentecost Not in the United States with with the Pentecostals, so-called. She was born on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Spirit. She was Spirit-filled and Word-fed. Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen? That's what Abraham's saying. At the beginning, this is she was the, the bride, the second Eve. He says, his word of promise reflected in her. They had to take notice to Peter. They were, they didn't even know what they were saying. They were, they didn't have any intellectual. They were not, the Pharisees were the wise ones of the day. They knew the Torah. They knew everything. And here now suddenly they're coming forward with boldness. There's no fear anymore. Amen. So something had changed. They hadn't been to Bible school, some theological seminary. They had no education because they couldn't even write their own name. But Abraham says they're ignorant and unlearned. But what happened? They had to take note that they had been with Jesus. Glory. For there, He was in them reflecting His promise. Glory to God. That's what we need this age. His word reflected him in her, the church. And she was alive by the very word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Yeah. And there it began, the beginnings. But not too long. A handful of years down the road, it started to doubt the word and it went to the ground but Abraham said, Nicaea. And he said, the original went on to the ground in martyrdom. And the burrs of Rome ground that wheat from Pentecost into the dust. And burned them at the stakes and fed them the lions. And they went in like the other we did. That's right. But he began to raise her again in the Reformation. The same one, the second time. Now you need to be a little bit more dig into dig a little deeper here now all looked but dead at this point it looked like it had been ground it had but Bram says ground out the birds of rome had ground out the wheat from pentecost the original pentecost The original the original uh, life had been right. ground down and almost but disappeared there was nothing left it looked like the the body word of god and living in his in his church in his bride was was gone annihilated but that seed cycle had to be reproduced again. And we know how the wheat. The wheat was full mature. At the first. In Pente- at Pentecost. And it had to die. Yep. It had to go into the ground. We know this. Now maybe not everybody. The younger ones. They can, they can learn this. And they can study the scripture. But the seed must go into this cycle. So the wheat had to die. Christ came as the second Adam. And he died. Yep. But he rose again. And so must the second Eve. Yep. It had to die. And so now it went into the ground through the middle the dark ages. And it looked like Satan would have had it. Mm-hmm. Satan had tried. He's been trying since the dawn of time to hinder the potential of, to become manifest. He tried from the garden. He tried to tempt Jesus. He, he's tried everything he could to try and hinder the manifestation of God's plan. So here we're back now to the seed. Now the church started to come, but Abraham says, when the church came up, this potential now started to grow a little bit again. And she was just a little leaf in Luther. He says, now don't, that don't look like the grain that went in the ground at all, but it's the carrier of life. And this potential now started to grow again. See, now what happens He says the man says, oh, I got a good field of wheat. No, not yet. With a seed, you don't have it yet. You got potential wheat but you just have the seed potentially has a field of wheat he says now what happened the next came up zwingli now was another move that come up after luther still it wasn't it it's was just a little blade and so it starts to grow this potential through all these years thank you brother nathan i needed that very bad <clears throat> started to grow as the as the ages now started to go forth uh-huh. calvin the anglican church it just raised up these were blades I know you can look at these denominations and through these different ages, but they were carriers of the same life. They were carrying the life of the grain as it as Those ages grew. Okay, then what happened? The wheat changes. He said everything changes. It came into the tassel and that tassel. What it just looks like. What he goes when it did looks what hangs on little pollens. And I actually looked into it. And it's actually quite interesting, the whole wheat process. And you see how it grows and it comes into the, when it gets into the tassel and then the shuck kind of grows and it looks, it looks perfect. It looks like it's wheat, but Nathan, you'd know. And, uh, but it's, that seed's not in there yet. It's carrying, it's just sheltering that shuck there at the top. It looks perfect wheat, but it's just sheltering for that little seed to grow and to mature in the wheat. Amen? Well, Wesley, Wesley's message was closer, he said, to the Bible than Luther's. You know that. Is that right? Then little tassels now. That was the Wesleyan Methodist. And Pilgrim Holiness, he said, and what had come from that? It finally, what it do? It organized and it died. And So they, they would grow and carry the life. And then it would get off the word. And it would stagnate. And they would organize. And that's why God hates organization. Because it would hinder the movement of the Holy Spirit in the church. And so each age, it add a little more. And the potential was growing Growing. in the in through these ages as God was bringing his plan about again. Again, he's now bringing his plan to fruition. Luther, the just shall live by faith. My, he stood there and pounded those 95 theses to the door. Started that Reformation. Wesley, Pentecost, restoration of the gifts and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And he said, when that first little grain of wheat comes out of the stalk of wheat, it absolutely looks like the grain. But what is it? It isn't grain. He said, but it's so close, it would deceive the very elect, if possible. But you pull that off and sit down, you take a microscope, and it's just a shuck on the, on the wheat, only to protect it, but it looks exactly like the grain. Now, how many knows that to be the truth? It's the shuck. And so there it was coming into the shuck, but it had to come. There had to be something to carry the life all the way to the top, to the mature, to, so it could mature. Amen? Why? There had why, just, was, why, when that's separate, the shuck separates from the wheat. It has to, why is there an attack on the message of this day? Why is there a falling away? Because that shuck that was carrying has to pull away to allow the maturing of the real true word seed of God. Amen, in right. his bride. Right. Amen, it has to be that way, Brother Brown said, so that the wheat itself can lay before the sun. Glory? Amen. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, he says, to be turned golden grain of the word. That's why this message in this day is so vital because it is the sun that's going to come and mature you and bring about a mature word bride. Amen. That's the life in the sea that drives forward, pushing the potential that's inside higher and higher till it comes to a point of full maturity. But Abraham says, Now doesn't Malachi 4 teach us that before the great and terrible day of the Lord... It'll, this will take place. How many knows that we'll restore the hearts of the children of the fathers, the faith of the original Pentecost of fathers. Amen. Cause that's where it was born. And that's where the first church it went and then it died. And we have to come back to that scripture prophesies that again, the potential growing now through the ages, hundreds of years to bring it to this point yes. again. And in that day, Luke 17, I believe it is, he says, The Son of Man is being revealed. Not man, the Son of Man. Not an organization. The Son of Man. A prophet message. The word living itself among the people. The word, he says, itself made flesh in you. You are the reflection of this hour. The message reflection of it. Amen? Amen. He says, see... You live again, live the life that was Jesus Christ. That's what He is coming. God is coming for a bride that is a reflection of him. So the word had to come to a point where it can bring a bride that will reflect exactly Christ. Amen. As Noah, Moses, David reflected the coming of the perfect bridegroom. So we look at the Old Testament. They reflected that as they went through. And as they, as time went forward, it reflected a perfect bridegroom. Luther, Wesley, Pentecost reflected the coming of a perfect bride. Glory. We'll come down to a little closer for you soon. We'll hold you long. All that potential that was growing up now through these church ages now was coming to full reality for the last time. There's no there's no more types and shadows. This put this growing was God's full plan, his full mystery to redeem a bride is now coming. To full completeness and like the same blast that would have built up from potential from heaven back that we in as we can imagine as that built up in the resurrection of christ echoed through the eternities here it comes once more i can imagine but it's not a baby in a manger that came out of that but it's a bride adorned and waiting for her bridegroom as this culminates who is that but you you are the the release of that all that potential. You are the bride that has been coming to this point. All through these ages, as that potential has grown, this, uh, pushing and pushing, it's come to a point where it's you, a bride, yeah. ready and adorned yeah. for her bridegroom. Because the life that was given when Jesus ascended and sent his spirit into his bride has, uh, has gone full cycle now to maturity, and here we are now. Amen. Here we are now, quickened with the same life that He had. What a time! What what an incredible! I just find that when you go through the scriptures and you see what God has ordained and planned and put together, all to come to this point in time that Abraham says, "What opportunities we have!" All the saints from old or the the the. Uh, The different ones from the different ages, all warnings. But Nathan said, this is a golden age that those that would want to be in. And here we are coming to this full maturing of a bride. The same quickening in Peter's day. It's the same one that produced the same results. Amen. Because whose life is it? It's the Holy Spirit today. Hunting out honest hearts that'll believe this message, Amen. It was—I won't go too deep into it, but we know the story of the eagle. We know the story of the barnyard and sitting in the chicken yard. Because at this day, there's going to be a message go forth, and it's those that hear the scream, that hear the call, are going to realize, "Wait, there's more potential in me. I'm no chicken." Yes, sir. There's, there's a whole lot inside of me yep. that I can rise up from where I'm at and take those wings. The potential is in you as an eagle, as a bride to take what God has for you. Amen. Right. And that's for this day. Those that will believe the message, everything in the Bible that was promised is to the believer. And when you accept it in its fullness, and God knows that you'll do it, he gives you the abstract to that. And then every promise that's made is in your possession. Amen. Go back to Mark 16. Amen. That's in your possession because the life that's in you is Christ's life. Amen. The Holy Spirit is there to quicken that to you. Amen. Amen. Oh my. says, what kind of people should we be? How wonderful to see God's great Holy Spirit here to do that power. When the Holy Ghost itself here to bear record of this hour. Amen. Why can you live above the things of this world? How and why can you live clean and pure? Because the life inside you is pressing Christ's life. There's no old nature. You've been quickened. That's what the scripture says in Romans. You've been quickened. If the spirit that's inside of you is quickened. And Brother Bram says, then you've been potentially resurrected already because you've rose up from the sinful life, away from the things of this world. You've cast aside the doubt of of the enemy and you've rose up already into newness of life. And he says, you're actually already potentially resurrected. That's powerful. Your old nature's dead and you've raised into newness of life. You've got the resurrection power already in you. And here's what I want to leave you with. And we are coming into this Easter season, and here we are. What is Easter? Easter was a, we remember we celebrated as the as the resurrection. As I was saying, the culmination of of all that God had been planning and building, and and it's, and God's plan has been made real. But just as it did then, Brother Brandon says. So we are Easter. Just want that to sink in a little bit. Look at that a little bit different. If the resurrection power is in you, if the life of Christ is in you, you are Easter. Easter, he says, we are now, we are now in our Easter. We're already raised, hallelujah, from the things of the world to the things of God's promise. Not we will, we are. It's the potentials. Think of it. You are Easter. We're not celebrating Easter and something that happened in the past. You are the resurrection. You're walking now, potentially already resurrected. You've already resurrected in your your life. and, 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 And you've come away from the things of the world you've received and been quickened. And now you're just waiting for the mortal. Because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. It shall quicken your mortal body. And we're waiting for that moment. But you're already resurrected. Glory. It's not a date or an event. It's actually you. Yeah. Easter every day for the resurrection. It's in you now. Glory. That's your Easter this weekend. When you think about it and say, Well, happy Easter. No, I'm Easter. Yes, I am resurrection. Amen. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> a time is culminating, building up to this point for a bride to be made manifest again. She won't fall for creeds and dogmas and church decrees and such. She won't fall for the cares of life. She won't fall for false doctrines. Contrary to the scripture, she'll be pure. She'll be holy. She'll be humble. She'll be expressing love and joy and peace. She will not compromise. That's what God has built this to you. And that is what the potential has burst forth. And that is you. Glory. I am Easter. He's in me. It's life in me, and therefore the resurrection is not a calendar date on the on the wall to celebrate I am Easter. Amen. Amen. I trust I came across just just right for you. Just uh, something as we just fellowship. I was just been pondering and just thinking about the potentials of the scripture. and What God has just built us to and, and tried to culminate to. And here we are at the end. At the, at the manifestation of it all. And we can actually be. No one else could say this. No one else could say, I'm Easter. The rapture is just ready and around me. And that's our part to play. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Amen. Do you know who you are, better, last quote here. Better Ben, you can come to the piano and we'll sing one song if I can think of one and then we'll be dismissed. Better Ben says, so Jesus, so full of this quickening power, he said, if you can destroy this temple that took you 40 years, you thought, to build, I'll raise it up in three days. Why? Why would Jesus say that? Want to ask? Want to ask you, he says. Why could Jesus say a thing like that? He knew that he was. Amen. He says, I wish I could make that stick. He says, he knew who he was. He knew that every word God wrote in there of him, he had fulfilled it. So he knew who he was, the one that David spoke of. He says, do you know you're the ones the Bible speaks of? <laughs> do you? know if you don't, you are. Amen. Do you know you're the ones the Bible speaks of? Do you know your position in Christ? If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Do you know this word is just like everyday living to you? Why? Sure. It's yours. You're an eagle. That's your food. (laughs) Amen. The shadows made real and the potential has been made reality in you. Glory. Amen. Amen. You can fellowship on that. I know that was in your slides there up on the screen before we came and I saw the slides on the Easter seal. I said, Lord. Thank you. That was just for me. Glory. Because I knew that uh, maybe the Lord had something for somebody. Glory. Well, we'll just sing a song. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. Amen. You can stand? <laughs> I know sometimes if no one says anything, everybody's like, Well, what do I do? Do I stand? Do I sit? Nope, you can stand. This is a clapping song even. So Brother Nathan is gonna help me clap it. And we're and Dad and we're gonna have it. we're just gonna sing this here. Amen. Well if that same Have a wonderful week. We look forward to greeting you through this channel. Maybe not myself, but uh, here at service on Sunday. We'll be having service. Brother Ed will be speaking uh, 10.30 to the congregation for Easter. I know we've mentioned it a few times, but... And Brother Tom is mentioning in this study, but it's one of the very few uh, Easters, if not maybe the only Easter, that pastors around the globe will be with their sheep. And so it'll be a special time, and that we'll be able to have together with our families and celebrate Easter and each of us. Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word is so incredible. and Lord, as we... Uh, I just sat there as I was studying and I just was just overwhelmed with the depth and Lord of, of your word and all the, what you put into it and how you moved and channeled and directed Lord people and all through the hundreds of years Lord just so that you could come to this time so that we could stand here a bride Lord can come to this moment because you desired fellowship with a people oh God Lord we are blessed people to be here Lord, so may we give our all to you, Lord. We can just say, Lord, I surrender all. For you laid your life down willingly, Lord. You could have, Lord, had an angel, Lord, allegiance of them, but you didn't. You took the cross because, Lord, you saw us and wanted us to be, to fellowship with you, Lord. So, Lord, we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. And, Lord, that you would go with us these next few days. You quicken this word to us, Lord. May it become more real and real. Lord, to the littlest and to the oldest, Lord, all the way through, we pray. Go with each one. Lord, we are so thankful for the blood. Thankful for the token. Thankful for the protection, oh God, in this time, Lord, in this world. They're just struggling with the events of this time, but Lord, we know we're sheltered. We've heard blessed assurance. Lord, we got that safety, that pavilion that cleft in the rock, Lord, that refuge we can run into in our safe, oh God. Lord, what do people do without you, Lord? What do they do when they don't have this place of safety, when they don't have comfort, they can't turn to you, Lord, in this time of trial and strain? Lord, I don't know, but Lord, I'm so thankful that we have you, Lord Jesus, and we can turn to you, we can worship you, we can praise you, Lord, and just say, Thank you, God. Thank you for the safety. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for the healing, Lord, with brother, sister Roxanne and brother Darren, oh God. Thank you for the word. And Lord, He's spoken it. Lord, He's spoken it, Lord, and He's now, He's claimed it, Lord. Your word is true as we heard, heard heard tonight. Lord, it's the resurrection, Lord. Proof of the resurrection, oh God. Lord, go with it. Us now, as we, Lord, turn our computers off and our connection with each other. But, Lord, we'll be connected in spirit, Lord. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you on Sunday.